Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of months ago, actually, it was back in June, um, uh, we were talking one Sunday morning about um, about sin and a couple other things. And I made the statement to you, I said that our biggest problem today, personally, individually, is not a sin problem. Reason being because our sin has been paid for, as we just sung, our sin has been taken care of by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? So sin has no power over us, the enemy has no pull over us. Uh, because of the power of the resurrection. Ephesians says, Paul says in Ephesians, that the same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead now lives where? In us, in believers, in followers of Jesus. So that means that sin has no power over us. Um, sin has no pull. Sin has no, no lead over us because of Jesus Christ. What I did tell you a few months, months ago was that our biggest problem is not the sin problem. Our biggest problem is a temptation problem. Right? Book of James tells us that temptation is what leads to sin, and it's our obedience to the Word of God that leads to, our disobedience to the Word of God is what leads to the sin. It starts as temptation, it starts as a thought. We talked about in June how temptation starts here. When it's connected to our heart, it comes out in our lives every single time. And that's not just a sin issue, that's everything. Right, you're, whatever you do for a living, at one time it started as a thought. Hey, I think I can do A, B, or C. Then once that thought gets connected into your heart and it becomes a desire, then it becomes it plays out in your life. So everything in our life starts here, connects here, and then comes out here. The same is true with sin and disobedience to Jesus. It starts with a thought. It connects to our heart, James says, and then it comes out in our lives. So what I want to talk with you about this morning for a few minutes is not so much a sin issue, but we want to talk about a temptation issue. And I want to give you a couple things. So Jesus gives us a couple things in Matthew chapter 26 um, on how we can defeat temptation. Because when we defeat temptation, we defeat sin as well. Amen? Everybody follow? Everybody tracking what I'm throwing? Everybody catching what I'm throwing? Does that make sense? Tracking what I'm... There's something that goes with tracking. I don't know what it is. It's got to do with a hunting dog, I guarantee. And I don't hunt dogs. Or I don't use dogs to hunt animals. Whatever. Can you tell that I don't hunt dogs? (laughs) Um, I don't use dogs to hunt rabbits. Everybody follow? Okay, sweet. Before we talk about what Jesus says in Matthew 26 and how to defeat temptation, 
Let me give you this kind of preface about temptation, and that is this. We have to, you and I, myself, you, all of us, all believers all around, we've got to make sure that we're taking temptation serious. We've got to make sure that we understand what temptation is. We've got to make sure that we see temptation clearly because the biggest threat, one of the biggest threats in our lives today is when temptation comes our way, when the enemy sends it to us and we don't even realize he's sending it to us. Why is that a problem? Because temptation leads to sin. The book of James says that sin leads to what? Death. If temptation leads to sin, sin leads to death. If the enemy's sending us temptation, we're on death's highway and we don't even know it. So I want to make sure and I want to kind of give you a little preface about temptation. We got to take it serious. We got to understand what temptation is. We got to understand how it works. We got to understand the effect on us. What we tend to do, what a lot of people tend to do, is we tend to excuse temptation, right? Like we use the line and we use the words, it's no big deal. It is a big deal because temptation leads to sin. Sin leads to what? Sin leads to what? Temptation is a big deal because we're talking life and death here. We're talking eternity. We're talking forever and ever and forever and ever and forever and ever on top of that. When we excuse sin, when we say things like it's no big deal, when we say things like everybody struggles with it, when we say things like I just couldn't help myself, I just couldn't stop it, I got started and I just couldn't stop, I didn't want to start, but it looked so good, it felt so good, it felt right, so I got it started, I got in, I got involved. When we're talking about that stuff, when we excuse sin in our life, all we're doing is minimizing the effects that sin and temptation have on our life because if you don't see temptation as a big deal you probably don't see sin and death as a big deal because they're connected everybody follow so lots of times we like to excuse temptation lots of times we compare temptation and we compare sin and we make ourselves feel good because i can say my temptation ain't as bad as tyler's because tyler's a bad person I know this is your first time here. I appreciate you coming. Thank you. I'm going to use somebody else as an example next time, not our first-time guest. Thanks for coming, bro. This is a big boy right here. This is a big boy. That's all I'm saying. Here's what we do. We tend to compare our temptation. We can say, well, I'm tempted by A, B, and C, but that Mark Johnson, you know what gets him? D, E, and F. Like those things. At least I'm not as bad as that guy. Like, I'm sort of bad, but I'm not as bad as that joker. I ain't even going to talk about this joker. Right? You know the problem with that is? That placing yourself in a position where you're not at. You are just as bad as he is. His temptation and his sin is just as bad as yours. Just because a murderer, just because a child trafficker, just because a wife beater, just because a child molester, just because their temptation and their sin is exposed in public and yours is kept private and nobody knows about it, that doesn't make it any difference to the word. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Sin doesn't have categories. 
The word called it sin then, it's sin today, and it has the same effect. Whether it's what they do or what you do, it has the exact same effect. Temptation leads to sin. Sin leads to what? Death. So, can I encourage you before we even talk about how to defeat temptation, to take it serious, to pay attention, to make sure you know the, who the enemy is, Make sure you know his traps. Make sure you know how he works. Make sure you know what he tries to get you to do, what he tries to get you to believe. Can I tell you one more thing? Can I tell you one more thing? If you don't see temptation in your life, it's one of two reasons. One of two reasons. One, it's because the enemy doesn't see you as a threat. Right? He's not going to come at you if he's not worried about you and the Lord. We were in a foot race today. If me and Tyler were in a foot race today, Tyler, uh, thanks for coming, buddy. I really appreciate you. I'm glad you're here. Please come back again sometime. It's not always like this, I promise. If me and Tyler's in a foot race, he looks at me, he's not worried about me beating him in a 100-yard dash. Right? He ain't worried about me. I'm overweight. I'm over 40, and I have back pain. He ain't worried about me. The same with the enemy. If the enemy doesn't view you as a threat, he ain't worried about you. Second reason you may not see temptation in your life, or you may not notice temptation in your life, in your life is because temptation has become, become so common, it's become so normal, that it's no longer temptation, it has become sin. You've given in to it so much. You've said yes to it for so long that you don't even notice. This is the enemy. This is the enemy trying to pull me away. This is the enemy trying to get me to believe a lie. This is the enemy trying to get me to live a lie. When we say yes to the enemy for so long, we don't even realize he's leading us astray anymore. We don't even realize that what he's doing is temptation which leads to sin, which leads to what? Death. So that's, my friends, is what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 26, which is towards the end of Jesus' life. It's right before he gets arrested. It's right after the uh, Last Supper. We read, starting in verse 36, says this. This is right after the Last Supper. Then Jesus came with them, with his disciples, to a place called Gethsemane, and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Verse 39. And he went a little further, a little beyond them, and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40. He came and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Verse 41, Jesus says, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into what? Temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is 
week. Jesus here tells his disciples two things. Number one, he says, keep watch. He actually tells them multiple times, keep watch. Why did Jesus tell them to keep watch? Let me tell you why he was not telling them to keep watch. He knew what was getting ready to happen. He knew about Judas. He knew about the kiss. He knew about the arrest. He knew about Peter and cutting the ear off. He knew about the trial. He knew about the whips. He knew about the beating. He knew about the nails. He knew about the cross. He knew about the crown of thorns. He knew it was all coming. That's why the word says that Jesus says, I am distressed. I am concerned. Um, I know the pain. I know the affliction that's getting ready to happen. Jesus knew all that was getting ready to happen. Was Jesus telling them to keep watch so that they could stop it from happening? No. No. Why? Because Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. He knew what had to happen. He knew the price that he had to pay, as we sung about just a few minutes ago. He knew what he was going to do. He knew what his mission was from the very first breath he took, earthly breath he took here on earth. He knew what was going to happen. He knew why it was going to happen, and he was all for doing it. He didn't tell them to keep watch so that they could stop what was getting ready to happen. He told them to keep watch so that they would not fall into temptation. He told them to keep watch so that they would not fall into line, so that they would not fall into sin that was getting ready to take, take place here in Jerusalem. And I believe today Jesus is telling us to keep watch, just as he did the disciples, so that, that, so that we do not fall into temptation. Please know today, please know today that you cannot out holy temptation you can't do it you can't outrighteous temptation temptations around you the enemy sends it to you the problem is when we don't notice it that's why jesus says to keep watch he says be on guard look at where you're going think about what you're thinking about think about what you're saying before you say it think about what you do before you do it jesus says keep watch now listen one author I was reading a couple weeks ago calls this thought in this process of keeping watch, he calls it being spiritually sensitive. Some people call it having wisdom. Where I'm from in Denton, we call it not being dumb. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Jesus says, keep watch. Know what's going to be going on before you go there. Don't be dumb. Be spiritually sensitive. Know the threat before you get there. Know what could happen. Know what's going to be going on. Know who's going to be there. Know what's going to be talked about. Know what's going to be taking place. Be spiritually sensitive. Jesus is encouraging us to fight temptation before temptation comes. My daddy would say, don't be dumb. You know what's going to be going on there. I told you guys the story of my mom not letting me go to my friend TJ's house because she knew what was going to be going on there. She wasn't spiritually sensitive at the time. She was, had wisdom, and she wasn't dumb. And she still ain't dumb. I love my mama. My mama's the best. She cooks supper for us every Sunday night. Every Sunday night. She's the best. The best. 
And I got breakfast more than once this past week, too. Let me just say, my mama's the best. When I take TJ and Anna Lee over to her house, she cooks them breakfast. She also makes me breakfast. She's the best. She's the best. My mama's not dumb. Jesus is saying here, watch out. Pay attention. You know the enemy's out there. You know the enemy's trying to get you. You know the enemy's going to send temptation, which leads to sin, which leads to what? Death. You know what's there. Be ready. Jesus is telling us to fight temptation before temptation happens. To fight against it before it even, it even gets there. It's much easier to defeat temptation before temptation gets at your front door than it is once temptation turns into sin and it has totally engulfed your whole life. It has wrapped up your heart, it has wrapped up your mind, and it's wrapped up every action and every part of your life. Can that be defeated? Yes. Is it easier to not go there in the first place? Yes. Jesus is telling us to watch out. Stay on guard. Be spiritually sensitive. Have some wisdom. And I really think Jesus is saying, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. You ever have times in your life where you look back and you say, man, if I wouldn't have said that, if I wouldn't have made that one comment, I shouldn't have went here. You went there, you got connected with him or her, they got you connected with activity A, B, or C, and now 10 years later, you can't let go of activity A, B, or C. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Or just me? Anybody been there? Yeah. Yeah. How much different would life have been had you not been there in the first place? Had you not been with that person in the first place? Can I give you some encouragement? If you have those thoughts of regret and saying what if this morning or if onlys this morning, don't live with the regret. Jesus can heal the regret. Jesus can go back in your heart and go back in your life and mend those relationships and change those parts in your, of your life. Don't live with that regret. But what you do need to do, what we all need to do this morning, is make sure we learn from that regret. Don't repeat the dumb stuff over and over and over again. That's not just spiritual advice, that's life advice, right? Did you make a mistake? Yeah, don't let it happen again. That's what Jesus is saying, watch out. Be on guard. Know who we're up against. Know who's out to get you. Know how he's going to get you. And don't let it happen to begin with. And secondly, Jesus tells us here in Matthew 26, verse 41, he says to watch out and do what? Y'all don't remember. Tim remembers. Thanks, Tim. Jesus says to watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. I read this quote about prayer this morning. I love it so much. I may get this whole thing tattooed on my back. I love it so much. Let me read the quote to you. Then tell me what you think about a tattoo. Here we go. Prayer is the single greatest force ever unleashed on the earth. And it is the single most powerful weapon at a believer's disposal. This world may find a way to close our churches and to take away our Bibles, but no one will ever be able to stop God's people from calling on the Lord's name in prayer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Be a cool tattoo. A little too much. A little, little, little big, a little too much. Yeah, a little too much. Here's the deal. The one thing that you have as a believer that trumps anything else that anybody else has is prayer. Prayer is the thing that unleashes heaven here on earth. Prayer is the thing that makes heavenly things done here on earth. Prayer gives us power. Prayer gives us wisdom. Prayer helps us not to be dumb. Prayer keeps us out of situations that we should not be in that we find ourselves in. Prayer is how we get through situations that we find ourselves in that we should not be in. Prayer brings power. Prayer brings direction. And it's all available to you and me all the time, right now, yesterday, tomorrow, this afternoon, and definitely on Monday morning Prayer is there for you. There are certain things in life that can only be done through prayer. You can only start a relationship with Jesus through prayer, right? Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. Belief in your heart, confess your mouth, confess your sins to the Lord, Romans, uh, Paul says in Romans 10, then you will be saved. You have to pray to even start a relationship with Jesus. Forgiving other people can only be done through prayer. When somebody does you wrong, when somebody stabs you in the back, when they steal from you, when they hurt you, when they lie to you, when they break a promise to you, when that happens, the Lord doesn't want you to hold on to that bitterness and those hateful and hurtful feelings. He wants you to forgive. Thankfully, today, the Lord doesn't expect you to do it, but He does it through you, and He does that through prayer. When someone hurts you, and if you have unforgiveness in your life today, let me give you a quick prayer that will help you and will change your life um, dramatically. The prayer is this, Lord, by an act of my will and your power, I will to forgive whoever. Over time, you start to pray that prayer. And here's what will happen over time. Will that person change? Maybe, maybe not. But what will happen is your heart will change. Because you're connecting your will. You're connecting your desires with the power of God Almighty. And I promise you, the way you see that person, the way you feel about that person, the way you view them, the way you love or don't love them today will change through prayer. Controlling our thoughts. We've talked about our thought life a lot here over the years. Controlling our thoughts, knowing what we think about and thinking about what we think about. That happens. Having uh, what uh, Paul calls in Philippians, thinking about Christ-like things, thinking about praiseworthy things, that is done through prayer. Prayer is the biggest trump card is the biggest power that we have today but yet it's one of the most used and hardest things to do let me give you some some advice on prayer give you some encouragement and maybe give you some direction on prayer uh, paul writes this in ephesians 6 verse 18 he says this pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and with all kinds of requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In that one verse, Paul gives us three things to help us with prayer. Number one, he says, pray at all times. 
If you're ever wondering if it's a good time to pray, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. We read in Psalm chapter 4 that David prayed before he went to sleep. Psalm 5, we see David prayed when he woke up in the morning. Psalm 6, David prayed after a failure. Psalm 7, David prayed when he was under attack. Psalm 8, David prayed when he thought of God's creation. Psalm 9, nine David prayed in times of joy. And in Psalm 10, he prayed in times of isolation. I don't care where you're at this morning. It's a good time to pray. It's the right time for you to connect your life to the power of God through prayer. If you find yourself today in a battle against the enemy, if temptation is nipping at your heels and you can't say no, you feel like you can't get loose, you feel like you've gone too far, can I encourage you to pray? Simply ask for the Lord's help. Ask for the Lord's help. He's a good father. He's a good dad who loves his sons, loves his daughters, and he's not going to leave you hanging. Amen. Paul says, pray at all times. Secondly, we see Paul says, pray all types of prayers. If you ever wondered what kind of prayer to pray, the answer is all types. You may be here this morning thinking, there's nothing big going on in my life. Well, you need to pray and thank God for that. Amen? You need to pray a prayer of thanksgiving, pray a prayer of, of thankfulness that God has protected you, that God has led you through certain things. You can may look back at your life and say, well, I used to go through this, but I got through that. You need to pray, pray a prayer of praise because God brought you through it then, and you're trusting him. If it need be, he can do it today. You may find yourself this morning past the temptation stage into the stage of sin, which sin leads to what? you find yourself there can i encourage you god is waiting to forgive you today god is all powerful enough god paid the price of the blood of his son jesus for your sins to be forgiven so that you could go to heaven and spend eternity with him forever you need forgiveness pray you may be here this morning thinking i've got some stuff going on and i don't know how it's going to get done I got bills that need to be paid that I don't know how they're going to get paid. I got stuff going on with my husband, with my wife, with my son, with my daughter, and I don't know what's going to happen. Can I encourage you to pray? Ask God to meet the need in your life. I said just a few minutes ago, he's a good dad. He gives good gifts. He continually gives good gifts. If you have a need this, need this morning, you have the greatest need meter in your life, and that is found in God in heaven. He can, the word says, he will supply all of your needs this morning. God is more than enough. He's more than capable to meet whatever need you have today. That power, that answer, that, that, um, that, uh, the, the answer to that prayer is only found when you pray paul says in ephesians 6 to pray at all times pray all kinds of prayers and finally he says to pray for all believers everywhere pray at all times pray all kinds of prayers and pray for all believers everywhere can you imagine what the world would be like if every believer prayed for every believer I think it would look different than it does today. 
Can you imagine the confidence that would come in your life if you knew the other 50 or 60 people that are here today are praying for you every single morning? Would that change your outlook on anything? I think it may. If I knew 100% that I had 50 people, 60 people praying for me first thing every morning, it would not only change your life, but it would change mine. Can I encourage you to pray at all times, to pray all kinds of prayers, and to pray for all believers? The person beside of you, they need your prayers. You need their prayers. I need your prayers. And believe it or not, you need mine. The Christian life is not made to do by yourself. It's made to do with people. And part of that is found in praying with and for people in your life. There is an amazing story in uh, Exodus chapter 32 where we see Moses on Mount Sinai praying for the people and talking to God. It's when he asked God to see his face and it's why the Israelites were doing the uh, making the golden calf type thing. The where they worship the golden calf. And Moses was up on Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments. You guys know the story. He comes back down. He sees the, the Ten Commandments or sees the golden calf. He goes slap crazy. He goes back up to the mountain to talk to God. God says he's going to destroy the people. He says he's going to uh, wipe them off. And then Moses, through prayer, talks with God. And God ends up changing his mind and decides not to destroy the people. Moses tells God through prayer, he says, remember your covenant. Remember the promise you made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember them. Then you get to the book of the Psalms, and what you read in one of the Psalms is this. The verse, is, the verse says, had not Moses prayed for them, who knows what would have happened? I believe there's probably somebody in your life that you could look back and say, had they not prayed for me, who knows where I would be? Maybe it's a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa or a pastor or a coworker or a friend where you could say, had they not prayed for me, I want somebody to say that about me. I want somebody to say that about you. I want my life to make such a difference that it doesn't just affect me in eternity, but it also affects you in eternity. And it also affects my neighbors in eternity. It also affects the waitress at the restaurant. It also affects the checkout person at the store. I want to be known as the type of believer, as the type of follower of Jesus that simply prays all types of prayer at all times for all believers everywhere. Amen. Can I encourage you today? One way to defeat temptation, the Bible gives us several. One way is to watch and pray. To pay attention to your life. 
to know what's going on before it goes on. To defeat temptation before it even becomes temptation. And then Jesus says, not only to watch, but he says, pray. Come to me. I can help you. I can help you. You need help getting through it? I got it. You need help getting over it? I got it. You need help saying no? I got it. You have an addiction that you need help breaking? I got it. You have something in your life that you've tried to get over ten year, for the past 10 years? Jesus says, I got your help. I got your help. Jesus telling you and telling me today to watch and pray. Because temptation is a big deal. Because temptation leads to sin. And sin leads to what? Death death let's stand together i hope you know today that you have the power of the heavens available to you use it amen use it jesus would not leave us would not give us the ability to call on his name for help unless he wanted us to call on his name for help there are times where I enjoy hearing one of my kids say, Daddy, can you help me? And then there are times where I don't want to hear it. <laughs> right, Mom and Dad? You can tell the truth. There are times where I feel really good, like, yeah, buddy, I can help you. I can help you. If I don't get that off the top shelf, you ain't going to get it. I can help you. And then there are times where I get asked to help do something that I can't even help with. That's not the case with the Lord. Amen? The Word tells us that He's always available. He's always sufficient. He's always more than enough. And He does it because He loves you. And you and you and all of you guys and everybody over here and he loves my main man Tyler let's pray together Lord we thank you for today we thank you for your word we thank you for your instruction found here in Matthew 26 God where you call us to watch and pray God help us Lord, give us wisdom. Lord, give us spiritual sensitivity. Lord, help us not to be dumb. Help us not to put ourselves in no-win situations. Help us not to put ourselves in temptation situations. God, help us to watch and guard our lives and guard our hearts today. And then, God, help us to pray. Help us to trust you in prayer. Help us to know the power of prayer Help us to know that you're listening. Help us to know that you're available. And God, we pray today. We pray today that you will meet our needs. We pray today that you would help us fight temptation. 
We pray today that you would forgive sin. We pray today that you would heal. We pray today that you would reconcile. We pray today that you would meet the financial need, the physical need, the spiritual need. God, we trust and believe today that you are sufficient for anything that we may be going through today. God, thank you for you being who you are. And thank you for what you have done for us. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for listening. Thank you for meeting with us. God, thank you for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.